Hello and welcome to this week's Innovation Forum Monday Briefing, our regular preview to what's coming up. I'm Ian Welsh and it's good to be back with you. The Innovation Forum Autumn Event Series will soon be with us. Coming up in Amsterdam on the 3rd and 4th of October is this year's Future of Plastics and Packaging Conference. I talked with my colleague Katie Ball about what's coming up at the event and our conversation is coming up shortly. First though, joining me to talk about some of the things to look out for this week is Innovation Forum's B. Stevenson. Welcome back to the Monday Briefing Bee. Hi Ian, welcome back to you too. What's coming up this week? This week, August 2nd, marks this year's Earth Overshoot Day. This is the day on which humanity's use of the planet's resources exceeds its ability to regenerate in the year. The current deficit is obviously caused by both our depletion of natural resources, as well as the emissions and the waste that we create. But since calculations began, Earth Overshoot Day has shot forward. It fell on Christmas Day in 1971, and then 40 years later, August 5th. It's moved around a little bit since then. It was actually last year, still in July. This year, August 2nd, still obviously very early in the year, but the rate of worsening has slowed over the last decade. The overshooting is obviously tied in with compounding crises like climate change, food insecurity, plastic pollution. And the Global Footprint Network CEO, the Global Footprint Network, calculates it warned that persistent overshoot leads to ever more prominent symptoms, including unusual heat waves, forest fires, droughts and floods, with the risk of compromising food production. And this is stuff that we're all seeing actually over the last few weeks. Absolutely. No, it's all very sobering. I mean, I actually was in Italy last week and I saw both fires and drought and indeed heavy storms and floods. So yes, it's all happening right now. How is the Earth Overshoot Day calculated? It's calculated by the Global Footprint Network, and it's computed by dividing the planet's capacity, so the amount of ecological resources Earth is able to generate in a year, by humanity's ecological footprint, which is the demand for resources, and then to multiply that by 365. But the ecological footprint is actually the most comprehensive biological resource accounting metric that we have. And it's based on 15,000 data points per country per year. And it adds up all of people's competing demands for biologically productive areas. So food, timber, fibers, carbon sequestration, accommodation of infrastructure. And currently the carbon footprint, so the carbon emissions from burning fossil fuel, make up 61% of humanity's ecological footprint. Are there any obvious ways we can get the Earth Overshoot Day a bit closer to Christmas again? The Earth Overshoot Day site says that simple changes could move the date, which is the, the purpose of marking Earth Overshoot Day. Increasing global low-carbon electricity sources from 39% to 75% would move it back by 26 days. Halving food waste would gain 13 days. Even just tree intercropping would earn an extra 2.1 days. But obviously, on the whole, it will just need structural changes at every level to reverse the last 50 years of damage and then before we even start limiting future damage, or whilst we start limiting future damage, it'll include preserving wild spaces, rewilding areas to promote biodiversity, reducing land loss for farming and food production, and then waste and recycling has a key role to play, really building out a circular economy so that we don't keep using resources for single use. I think the key really is that there's a lot to do, clearly, but there are things that can be done straight away. I think it's one of the things people forget sometimes, that the low-hanging fruit are there to be picked. So let's do what we can immediately, at the same time, as you say, making the structural change necessary. Earth Overshoot Day on August the 2nd. What else is coming up this week? So also this week, from the 2nd to the 3rd of August, is the first ever African Women and Children Conference, and that's being held in Ghana. And it's a platform specifically to address the impact of climate change on women and children, which has been established as being disproportionate. 
And the conference is an initiative of the Samira Empowerment and Humanitarian Projects Organization, which has been started by Samira Bouimia, who is a Ghanaian politician and is also married to the vice president of the Republic of Ghana. In addressing the climate change aspect, a press release on the conference stated that as they're natural resource dependent and caretakers, women and children face adverse effects on their livelihoods, their health and well-being. And this necessitates urgent action to address their unique vulnerabilities in climate change mitigation and adaptation strategies. It's true. Women and their young children are more likely to depend on the land for food and income. They're less likely to be in positions of power or decision making roles, even within their families. And they're more responsible within those families for securing water, food and fuel, often walking great distances to find water when resources dry up, for instance. Absolutely. Clearly key challenges that need to be addressed. What's going to happen at the event and what are the hoped for outcomes? The conference will be used to advocate policies that champion the interests of women and children in climate change, regulations and development. They'll discuss practical and realistic projects and programmes to address these impacts, as well as documenting Indigenous knowledge and innovation in climate change. Are going to be appearances by the Deputy Secretary General of the UN, Amina J. Mohammed, and the Director General of the World Trade Organization. And at the end of the conference, there'll be a signing of a communique that will represent a collective commitment to action. This document will be used to guide governments, civil society and the private sector to prioritise the rights and the well-being of women and children in climate change mitigation and adaptation strategies, obviously in Africa and hopefully beyond. And this will also be presented at the Africa Climate Week and Africa Climate Summit, which is in early September in Nairobi, Kenya. Great. OK, B, thanks very much indeed. Thanks, Ian. On the 3rd and 4th of October, we will be back in Amsterdam for this year's Future of Plastics and Packaging Forum. Last week, I spoke with Innovation Forum's Katie Ball about some of the sessions coming up at the conference. Welcome to the Monday Briefing, Katie. Hi, Ian. Thanks for having me back. We're looking forward to the event coming up in October. How's it all coming together? Yeah, it's coming along really well. We've gotten quite a few interesting speakers on board from different areas of the value chain in the packaging industry. So it should be a really interesting discussion, a lot of varied perspectives. It's going to be a packed two days. We've just added a new session on greenwashing. We're fitting as much as we can across the two days. It's certainly a packed agenda as ever. A couple of sessions jumped out for me. I wonder if we could talk about them. We've got a session looking at financing the transition. This is a key area, isn't it? Everyone's talking about the just transition from where we are to where we need to get to. Who's involved in this session? We currently have Guillaume Gras. He's the investment director from the European Circular Bioeconomy Fund. His perspective is going to be quite interesting, bringing on innovative bioplastics and other alternative materials. And we also have Jan Reyes from the United Nations Environment Programme Finance Initiative. His voice is going to be quite important as well. He'll tie in the role of new incoming legislation and how that will impact businesses as they're trying to scale their new initiatives. Yeah, the way that legislation is evolving and then the role of the finance sector in interpreting that legislation and then helping companies to get through the transition certainly going to be interesting. So I'm looking forward to that session. Another one that jumped out for me was the Designing for Circularity session we've got as a breakout. Who's going to be involved in that one? 
For Designing for Circularity, we have Karen Witten. She's from Tosca Packaging. She is the Global Sustainability Director, and she'll be taking us through the perspective from a packaging organization and their distribution to retailers. They really focus on reusable packaging crates and helping retailers eliminate their waste. And then we'll also have Connor O'Neill. He is the Head of Packaging Development and Design at GSK. And so he has a few more challenges on top of the ones most industries are already facing. He has to look at choosing the right materials and developing innovative designs, but also the added challenge of how to eliminate post-consumer waste with biohazard implications. That's going to be a really interesting session as it's a breakout. It'll be quite interactive and very solutions focused. Really excited about that one. The innovation that we see in packaging design is always really interesting. So I'm looking forward to that session as well. Okay, Katie, how can listeners get involved? There's lots of ways to still get involved. Registration is currently open. You can save 400 euros when registering by the 4th of August on our events page. And there are still sponsorship opportunities available. If you're interested in that, feel free to get in touch with me directly. Worth remembering, register by the 4th of August to attend the event and you can save 400 euros on passes. Katie, it'll come very soon, no doubt. Looking forward to the event. Thanks so much, Ian. All details about the conference and how to register are on the Innovation Forum website. As Katie said, there are still some sponsorship and speaker opportunities available. Just get in touch via the contact details online. The Monday Briefing will be back next week and look out for the weekly podcast on Thursday. Until then, goodbye!